Good morning, everyone. I'm so excited you're here. It's Palm Sunday, and it's just an exciting week. It's the first day of Easter and Earl, so I know that I am very excited, and I wore my New Hope Kids t-shirt to show my excitement and to remind you of tonight. It is the first part. It's the Community Fun Day. We will have two, 300 or more people coming out to our church campus to hear the gospel, to hear about Jesus and his death and his resurrection, and we can use every one of you that want to come and help. That would be wonderful. So please, even if you haven't heard from me, please come today. It begins at 4 o'clock, um, and the great thing about this event is that when everyone gets there at 4 o'clock to do the Easter egg hunt, which is first, they have to stop, and they have to hear about Jesus and what he did and what that meant before we start the supper, before we turn on the inflatables, before the egg hunt begins. Everyone here from this community gets to hear who Jesus is and what he did for us. So please be with us today, tonight. We need your help in the Hope Center, on the field, wherever you can be. Please come out with us. So because of the event tonight, we do not have our hour of prayer, but we will be praying before the event at 3.30. So please, um, I will gather everyone that's here, and at 3.30 we'll have a prayer over this community event today. I want to thank everyone that was part of the donut fundraiser that drove through some of you in the rain to help us, thank you, and some of you this morning to help us. And our kids and youth raised over $2,000 through the donut sale. So we really appreciate it. It sent several of the kids to camp. Um, so what a blessing that is. And we still have another luncheon coming up, so mark that on your calendar, if you will. And one brief announcement, House and Ground is meeting right after church, right up front, just for a moment. So if you would um, join them in that quick meeting. And let's go to our God in prayer this morning. Holy Father, King of Kings, Hosanna, Lord, we come to you in adoration, in respect, in thankfulness, in repentance, Lord, we just, we, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for what you did and what you do every day in our lives. That this relationship that was broken and restored and can be restored in us as we choose, Lord. We thank you for that. I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for every member, every visitor, every person that comes, Lord. I thank you for what they do to serve you through this church or through this, their lives, Lord. I pray for this church campus right now that as you are here, God, in your presence, that you will dwell in our lives and that you will continue throughout this day to, to reside all throughout this campus from from the Hope Center to the field where when people come in to this place today, Lord, that they will feel an overwhelming amount of joy, of peace, of forgiveness, of whatever the people that come here need, Lord. I just go ahead and pray right now that you will overwhelm them. That they won't just come to an event today, but that everyone in this church sanctuary right now will come back this evening, whether it just be sitting in the Hope Center meeting with people, talking to people, listening, or whether it will be to serve them. As you washed the disciples' feet, you showed us 
an incredible example of serving. And God, if, if you had Jesus, if Jesus washed the feet of his followers, oh, what should we be doing today and every day, Lord? What we do is nothing compared to that. And I just pray that you put a fire in us, that we, that we walk out of this church new, restored, forgiven, and ready to share that with every person that we come in contact with. That the courage that, that we are given from you is amplified throughout all of Earl and everywhere we go. Oh, I praise your name, God, and I just pray over this service that we will please you with our praise and worship, that we will lift up our songs and our words and our hands and our hearts and that we will bring glory to you, that we will do it with a pure heart, not a selfish, not a worried or an anxious heart, but a heart that we fully give to you and trust you, Lord. How we love you, God. Thank you so much for who you are and what you've done for us. And it is in your name, that God, that we pray. Amen. Yes.
morning. I want to ask Angel to come up and uh, just share a testimony with you this morning. Uh, you know, last week we talked about, uh, well, our whole series this year, Be Who God Created Us to Be. You know, and part of that is, is sharing the gospel with other people and making sure that other people are ready, making sure we ourselves are ready for Christ, to meet Christ, but also making sure other people are ready too. So I want to uh, ask Angel if she would just to share a moment with you just today. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I just want to tell you what God did this week. Um, and I'm going to cry. Sorry. A friend of mine, a very, very close friend of mine since middle school passed away Thursday morning. But the thing is, I thought she passed away without Jesus. I had tried to talk to her. She lost her son three years ago in a tragic accident. And since then, she was mad at God. She would call me all the time and she would say, I can't live like this. I, I'm mad at God. And I mean, I would tell her, Jesus can heal your heart. He healed mine. Amen. And she just said, I'm just too mad at God. I invited her to church and she said she would come, but she never came. So Thursday, when my other friend called me and told me that my friend had passed away, the first thing I thought of was that she missed heaven. And I struggled and I struggled because I tried to talk to her. So anyway, I was struggling and I called Mary and talked to her. And then I talked to Pastor Russ, but Yesterday, after the donut sale, when I got home, I got a, I had a post on my timeline that was somebody that I didn't even know, but it was about her, my friend. And this girl said, I met her in February. She was telling everybody, and I just happened to read it. And she said, I met her in February at a job, and we became fast friends because we had some similarities in our life. And she said, I don't post like this on Facebook, but I had the desire to post it. She always talked to me about her problems. And I talked, and I love the Lord. And I tried to tell her about Jesus, and I was thinking, so did I. And she said, and Friday, <laughs> She gave her heart to Jesus. So she didn't go to She went to heaven. And this put a fire in me to tell everybody about Jesus. And I just want to tell everybody, if you feel Jesus calling you, don't wait. She gave her life to Jesus six days before she died. And if you feel somebody telling you, I mean, if you feel the Lord telling you to talk to somebody, just do it. I don't ever want to feel like I did before I found out that she accepted Christ because I was 
struggling with the fact that I thought she mishandled <laughs> And that God didn't have to tell me, Mary, me and Mary were talking, and God didn't have to tell me that she would, that she accepted. I would have never known. But that's how good God is. He cares about us. So I just wanted everybody to know that I give this the glory to God for this and that just tell people about Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know. Thank you, Angel, for that testimony. You know, God tells us, you know, we may not see the harvest. He just calls us to plant the seed. He calls us to plant the seed. And so, you know, are we planting the seed? Are we telling those who, who God places in our spirit that their name, are we sharing with them? Even though we may not ever know, we're planting the seed. She may, have not, she may not have seen that Facebook post and may not have ever known until she went into eternity that that lady gave her life to Christ. Amen? And praise God for that. Bless the Lord today. It is good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen? As always. And uh, when, I, when I left the house this morning, most said, reset the alarm. Okay? Uh, so I reset it. But when the girls were little, they didn't have alarms. They had to wait on. Me, me and Mo kind of had a, a deal. She worked the back of the house, and I worked the front of the house. I, I ironed the clothes and cooked the food in the mornings for the kids, and she did the, put the clothes on and did their hair, okay? Uh, and, and so part of my duty on school days was to go upstairs and wake the kids up. And so I would, I would stomp up the steps, rise and shine, it's time to get up, for today is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You remember those days? Uh. <laughs> yeah, they weren't, they, they certainly didn't want to rise and they certainly weren't going to shine and they weren't too glad that daddy was coming to wake them up for sure. But that, that verse is a familiar verse to, to all of us. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. How often do we get up with, oh, Hit the snooze button. Hit it again. Oh, we got to get up. Give me some coffee, and then we'll try the day. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? But this is the day. Every day is the day that the Lord has made, and so we should, as difficult as it might be physically, we should get up and thank the Lord for the day and praise God for the opportunities of the day. Because He's given us this day. He's given us today, and if we wake tomorrow, He will have given us tomorrow for His purposes in our life. He's allowed us. He had a reason for all of us to be alive today. He had a reason for all of us to be here today. He has a reason for all of us for whatever the rest of this afternoon holds. Because you see, if He didn't have a reason for waking us this morning, He would have taken us during the night. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us find our purpose for the day and fulfill it in the name of the Lord. 
you know, we, we think about the, the, the day and as bad as a day might be on, on Monday, you know, tomorrow's Monday morning, okay, start of a whole new week, you know, and that's the toughest day of all to get up and get going, isn't it? If we look at those, Psalm 118, if you will turn your Bibles to Psalm 118, we're going to be there and in Matthew chapter 21 this morning, if you want to uh, hold that as well. But the writer of Psalm 118 was kind of like, uh, he was kind of having like a Monday morning, okay? Um, he, was, he was writing this, except it was much worse than just a bad Monday morning after a long weekend. You see, for him, it was a time of, of great trial and, and adversity. And though we don't know exactly who, who wrote this particular psalm, we know that his enemies were surrounding him. They were coming around him. And the psalmist was, we, we, we hear in the psalm, he's crying out to God. And yet even in the midst of all the difficulty and the enemies surrounding him and, and the bad day that he's having, he begins the psalm and he ends the psalm praising God. Praising God. In both 118 verse 1 and 118 verse 29, the first and the last verse, they both say, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. His love endures forever. If we look at that particular psalm, it's, it's located in the very center of the Bible, and depending on the translation, you have exactly the same number of chapters before that one and the same number after that one. Um, but everything there, it, it's at the very center of the Bible, and so the very center of God's Word is pointing us to Jesus Christ. And we're reminded that this day, and every day that God gives us, is not about us. It's not about what we want in life or what we want out of the day, but we're to praise God for every day and for the grace and the mercy and the lo His love for that day. In Psalm 118, in verse 24 through 26, the psalmist writes, The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Now some of your translations, the one we're familiar with, is what we said earlier. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Verse 25 says, Lord, save us, or, or Lord, save us, Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. Does that, verse 26, sound familiar to you? I hope it does. It should, because part of it is repeated and and the triumphal entry of Jesus as He comes into Jerusalem. That story is found in the Gospels, and, and again, we're going to look at, at the story in Matthew chapter 21. Uh, turn there, if you will. And we're going to take a closer look at that story and remember how, how we should, as the people in Jerusalem that day, were to be glad in the Lord. They were happy. They had somebody that was coming to save them. They were glad that that day had finally come. In Matthew chapter 21, it says, verses 1 through 11, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, 
Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says to you, if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. And this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. The prophet was Zechariah in chapter 9, verse 9. And it says, Say, daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed it on the, on the cloaks of them on, for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds, the crowds went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Here it is, Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna actually means, it actually has several meanings, but it means salvation or thank you. It also means to, uh, to say, please save us or please give us success. And so this is what they're shouting. Save now, save us now, or Hosanna, Hosanna. And Hosanna is also used as a, a word used to... Uh, for what is happening and for what is already done. And so we, we, we think back in, in, in verse 26 of Psalm 118. Again, everything going on, but, but there we find ourselves like the psalmist. We're either crying out to God for help or praising God for what's going on or what He's, what he's already done in our life. And so the crowds there, they were filing into Jerusalem Following after Jesus in verse 9, it says, The crowds went ahead of Him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You know, when we hear the phrase, Hosanna in the highest. It's used to acknowledge the great sacrifice of Christ. The sacrifice that He made for me and for you and for anyone that would accept God's grace. He gave His life for that. And for us, that phrase, Hosanna in the highest, it's probably not on our lips every day, is it? But that's what's in our it should be in our hearts. The ultimate praise that flows up from our hearts should be that Hosanna in the highest. As Christ entered the city, the palm branches were, were cut and waved in, in praise and celebration because the prophecy of Christ's coming had been fulfilled. If you look back to Psalm 118, we see how the psalmist, even in the midst of of the, the difficulty that he was facing. He was exalting God and he was looking at, at what God offered to him and, and how he was leaning on God to get him through this difficult time. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're in the midst of that difficult time. Maybe you feel like the walls of this world are closing in on you. Maybe you feel like your enemies are about to take you out. 
The psalmist writes in here, even in the midst of my difficulties, I'm praising God. I'm praising God. In verse 6, he says, the Lord is with me. In verse 7, he says, God is my helper. In verse 8, he says, He is our refuge. In verse 14, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He is my salvation. In verse 22, He is the rejected stone. He is the cornerstone. Verse 29, God is good. His love endures forever. Even in the midst of all the things going on in his life, the dark skies of life were, were folding in on him. He still says, God is good, and his love endures forever. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We see in verse 22 that, 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 that Israel has considered itself the, the rejected stone, but, but Jesus is considered the, the chief cornerstone. And the cornerstone is the stone in which the entire building is built on. It's where the, the measurements are taken off of that cornerstone. It's the most important stone of the building. It's what keeps the building together. If you think about Jesus being our cornerstone... He is the one that keeps us together. He is the one that allows us to keep our life together. I want to focus just a minute on, on the, the cornerstone or the capstone that's, that's mentioned there in, in Psalm 118. If, if you have your Bibles, flip, flip over to Acts chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And there is a story of Peter and John. and They're, they're, they're in jail and they're, they're giving their testimony about Jesus and about who He is and, and what, he, what He came and did for, for us. And He says in verse 10 of Acts chapter 4, Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that, is man, that man stands before you healed. Jesus, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And then Paul writes in Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, verse 19. This is a, a, an extensive study that Paul does uh, teaching about the unity of Christ and how Jesus keeps us together, okay? We, we have a, a unity in Christ as believers that, that keeps that unity there. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 21, it says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus Himself as the chief cornerstone. Remember the foundation which everything is built upon? In Him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And then we see in 1 Peter as he writes, and he's explaining the, the, the living stone. In 1 Peter chapter four or chapter 2, verse 4 through 6, he says that you come to Him, the living stone, 
rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him. You also, like living stones, are being built up in, in a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. Here it is. And the one who trusts in Him will never, never be put to shame. For anyone who puts their hope, faith, trust, and, and, and life in the cornerstone, in the capstone, in the living stone, in Jesus Christ, He says, you'll never be put to shame. You'll live eternity with Almighty God. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You see, Jesus is the cornerstone. He's, he's our foundation. He's our, our plumb line for life. He's the most important element in our life. Yes, the people on Palm Sunday, they were glad to see Jesus. They were glad to see Jesus enter into Jerusalem. They were glad to, to celebrate because they knew He was bringing salvation. <coughs> he was going to free them and bring salvation to them. And because He entered Jerusalem, and because He gave His life on the cross, and because God raised Him from the dead, and because He offers us the hope of a resurrected life, we too can be glad. Amen? And praise God that we can be glad in the Lord Jesus today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day to celebrate our, our, our salvation. This is the day to celebrate our life in Christ. And to think about the people on Palm Sunday as they were entering, entering into Jerusalem, what the people wanted for, for them and, and for that time was, was temporary. You see, what they didn't know was Jesus was bringing something eternal. The glad people who celebrated Jesus entering to Jerusalem, wanted salvation for the day, but, but Jesus was bringing salvation for eternity. We rejoice in each new day, and, and we rejoice in the day of our salvation. We celebrate the living Christ, the living stone, the capstone. That rejoicing should be a, a daily offering to our Savior for the, for the sacrifice that He made for each one of us. And God's Word tells us to, to remember that day, to remember that sacrifice, and to remember that the, the, Him giving His life and, and being nailed to a cross and being put in a tomb and being raised to life. God's Word says to remember that. And we do that by observing the Lord's Supper. Where we can be thankful that the Lamb of God was slain for us. Jesus tells us to remember His sacrifice. Remember that His body was given and, and broken for us. Remember that His blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. As you listen to this next song, 
Behold the Lamb. I pray that you'll do so with a prayerful heart, anticipating and reflecting and remembering what Christ did for you and in you and what he's going to do through you.
You recall the story? As Jesus and his disciples were at the table at Passover and certainly before the, the crucifixion, before he was tortured and beat and mocked and spat on, before the Garden of Gethsemane, all of his disciples were gathered around and Jesus was telling them today his life was going to be given for them and for us. His body would be broken and his blood would be spilled for the forgiveness of sin. Just while they were sitting or while they were eating, Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for giving your body, your life for us. For you tell us in your word that you are the bread of life, the giver and sustainer of all life and eternal life. And Father, today we trust that you will fill every spiritual need that we have. God, we thank you for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Folks, when Christ comes back, He's not going to be riding on a donkey representing peace. He's coming back riding on a great white horse prepared for battle. His wrath will become, judgment will be given, and at that time, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. He's going to come and gather up His children and take them back to live with Him forever and ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Revelation chapter nine, uh, chapter 7, verses 9 through 10. Says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Praise God. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Are you glad today that you have salvation in, the Lord, in, in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? My friend, today, if, if you don't have that assurance, the Bible says that today is the day of your salvation if you'll come and accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Don't let this day pass. You heard a testimony of a lady that accepted Christ Friday before the Thursday that the Lord called her home. We don't know when our next breath's going to be, our last breath's going to be. We don't know when that last heartbeat is going to beat. Like we said last week, we got to be ready to meet the Lord. And we got to be ready and help those that don't know Jesus be ready to meet Him. Where are you in your walk with Christ? Maybe you just need to come to the altar this morning and, and pray for a closeness. Pray that God would, would speak to you and draw you back. That you would commit today to, to walk a closer walk with Christ. 
or maybe today is the day of your salvation. Whatever that is that the Lord has placed on your heart, don't leave here today without making it right with Him. For there may not be another day. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank You. And we indeed are glad that we can come and celebrate our life in Christ that we have. To know that that we have eternal life in You because of the promise of Your Word. Because You were the real Messiah that came in real life, in real time, that died a real death, that took our punishment on the cross for you, for us, God. And, and because of that, because God raised His Son from the, from the grave and gave Him life, life eternal, we have that hope of a resurrected life too. And Father, we thank You today for that. Lord, whatever it is in our life that you're dealing with us, Lord, do we need to spend more time in your word? Are you calling us to a deeper level of commitment to prayer? Is it fellowship with other believers? Is it taking our worship time seriously as a time of worship and worshiping you? Is it a conviction to to know you more and to make you known? Lord, whatever it is, convict our heart. Lord, that we would move closer to you and do what you call us to do. So, Father, we lift this prayer up in your Son's name. The one who is alive, who is coming back, His name is Jesus, the greatest name we know, which in His name that we pray, amen.